That's the sound of the coffee pouring. Welcome to the Doctor's Brew. I'm your host, Dr. Abdelaziz Khayyab. And having coffee with us today is Dr. Yasmin Zirba. Welcome, welcome. Hi, thank you so much. So happy to be here. Uh, we're excited to have you. Today we're going to be talking about volunteering in medicine. It's a side of medicine that is uh, almost a requirement for your residency applications, for med school. But I think volunteering speaks to the true heart and altruistic side of medicine. So we're going to get into the nooks and crannies of uh, volunteering uh, as a medic. And uh, ha- sharing her experience with us today is Dr. Yasmin uh, Zurba. And uh, we're thrilled to have her because not only is she uh, big on volunteering uh, and she's uh, gained considerable fame for it here in Kuwait, she has also maintained a level of public outreach, which I find admirable. Uh, really, honestly, I, I, when you know, when I was ma- creating the you know the Doctors Brew page, when we were working on it, when we were when I was looking at my account, I was also looking at your account as well. Oh, yeah, no, that's seriously. so nice. <laughs> so, uh, I'm honored. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so we're so happy to have you here. Uh, she's an activist, a volleyball player, and a doctor, uh, internal medicine medicine resident based here in Kuwait. So, uh, I'm really excited to dive right in, but before we go in, I want to talk a little bit uh, first about our partners for this episode. Uh, today is not a coffee partner, it's actually Dream Med, which is a uh, um, le- uh, apparel uh, scrubs line that is actually based here in the Khalij, in the UAE. Mm-hmm. We promoted them on our page the other day. Mm. Sorry, you know I need to have my coffee. <laughs> um, I'm wearing their scrubs right now. Um, they're a really cool brand. I love that they're local. Uh, I love what they're, the, you know, the initiative that they're putting forward because I, I do think that, you know, I was looking around and seeing. I t- we touched upon this in our fashion episode with Hella. Um, I, uh, I've seen how everybody's wearing, you know, you, the typical scrub brands, mm-hmm. and it's nice to see some diversity. Mm-hmm. And it's nice to see stuff uh, happening lo- uh, locally. And I also like that they cater a little bit to the culture as well. So they have also, in part of their scrub lines, is also uh, hijabs as well. Yeah, that's yeah. so nice. So um, uh, d- uh, go give them, uh, check out their page, check out the, uh, their stuff. We're going to... Um, through the magic of editing, we will put over their their links over here, uh, and also if you use the link on the screen right now, imagine it here, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's gonna pop up. Uh, you can uh, get a discount with uh, with them. So uh, really encourage you guys to go check them out, especially now that it's the summer and everyone's trans. If you're a, a newly graduated medical student and you're so- starting to go, you know, you're uh, about to go and start working. Uh, and you you need scrubs, check out Dream Med. Um, And uh, now, let's dive in. As usual, we discuss the coffee. Today's coffee is from CAF. Uh, It's really good, guys. It's really good, right? It's really good. It's really good. What was it called? I think it was Brazil. Yeah, where did I put the coffee? Well, I put the coffee, so I think I lost our our coffee I think bag. it was Brazil. But no, it was yeah, Brazil. Right? Yeah. I no, I specifically picked that. Yeah, okay. Based off the flavor profile yeah. because I like my coffee's less sweet. Mm. So it had more of a nutty, caramelly type. Yeah, uh, it's pretty good. Yeah. It's my first coffee of the day, so that's why it's giving me life. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> mm. So um and yeah, uh, I I love the fact that uh, you take uh, your coffee black as well. Oh yeah. Yeah. The only way that people should be drinking coffee Ooh. is black. Okay, I'm gonna <laughs> question though. Question though. Uh, what do you think of people that say that their preferred coffee is uh, Nescafe? 
Hmm. I don't I don't consider that coffee. Ooh. But I think <laughs> <laughs> I think maybe they that they find the flavor nostalgic. What do you mean? I feel like it's something like a, like it has a certain scent that no other coffee has. That's true actually. And yeah. it has a flavor that no other coffee has and it was something that we just grew up around true. Nescafe everyone grew up around Nescafe. True. So I feel like it does have like a level of no- nostalgia to mm. it. Can I be honest? Yeah. I'm ashamed to say this. I can sometimes uh, crave a Nescafe if I smell it. If I smell it in the hospital. There was times in med school when I didn't have my fancy equipment yeah, yeah. to be able to make the yeah. best coffee. <laughs> a lot of times. Or, when you, or when you run out of beans. Yes. When you, I do that when I run out of beans. Or if I smell it in the hospital. Mm-hmm. And then I'm like, you know what? I'm actually craving a yeah. cup of Nescafe right now. But I definitely think it's a nostalgia thing as well. It's uh, like a in time of need it's thing. There. And it's a nostalgia thing yeah. as well. Bess, you know, have you ever tried, subs- someone once told me to do this and um, it was, I, I tried it and I didn't think I'd like it, but instead of water, use milk. My friend, my friend taught me how to do that. It's, I, actually, it's really good. It's weirdly good. It is really good. <laughs> it is really good. And my, um, but I, but I used to, I've done that when I used to, when I used to have my coffee with milk mm. and sugar. So know. now, wait, now you don't have... Then, uh, I, then I stopped, mm. yeah. I, I And I actually stopped during med school. Really? Because I would need, I feel like I would need the energy that mm. coffee gives me mm. without the crash that sugar gives me. That's true, yeah. Yeah, yeah. because I, I would notice that sugar does give you a crash. Well, you know, how I got into drinking coffee is Cuban coffee. Oh. Yeah. So my grandpa... What's that like? So... Um, Cuban coffee is legit, like, okay, like, I mean, technically it'd be beans and cu- uh, coffee ma- made in Cuba. But there's a lot of, like, so, like, one thing that the Cubans do quite characteristically is when they make an espresso, mm-hmm. they put sugar in the, mm. this, the, when they're, the act- when they're packing the mm. espresso itself, they put sugar in it. Okay. Makes uh, It brews with them. Exactly. Okay. And it comes out more foamy. And okay. It's, uh, it's really delicious, mm. okay? And then usually we have cortaditos, which is like, you know, it's, um, uh, they're, it's, they're not, like, I'd say they're the middle between, let's say, a macchiato and a, and a cappuccino, okay. size-wise. Yeah. So Cuban coffee inherently is sweet, right? So my grandfather would make for me Cuban coffee, and then uh, once I told him, oh, no sugar, please, he was like, okay. So then he made for me the coffee, and I saw him make it, and then I'm like, and then I drink it, I'm like, this is sweet. And then as I'm watching him, he's putting even more sugar on his <laughs> coffee. And I, and that was when I pieced together, yeah. oh, they put the sugar. There's in no there. such thing as no sugar. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, that's why whenever I go to uh, Miami, uh, if you go and look at some of the like Cuban cafe, stuff like that, and restaurants, I really recommend get a cortadito. Oh, I'm so going to try that. Yeah. You will not regret Yeah, I'm so going to try that. Uh, you won't regret <laughs> So... Let's uh, let's let's dive in here before we get into volunteering. Uh, I want to know the fascinating tale, which is you. <laughs> oh, that's a, <laughs> a very general question. <laughs> yeah. So uh, okay. So medicine. so what do you want to know? Medicine. How do you get in? What's okay. what's your story? You know? Okay. So um, uh, I went into medicine as everyone else did when we were eighteen, and we had no idea what medicine was, and. Um, <laughs> We all, I guess, a lot of for a lot of us, the story was as kids we wanted to be doctors, mm-hmm. and um, we um, always dreamt of helping people, mm-hmm. and that was the, uh, the number one thing on our list. And I actually, I remember when I was trying to pick my major, I remember a little Yasmin 
do, like writing a to-do list, uh, sorry, uh, like a pros and cons list mm. of going into medicine because my, uh, my family actually uh, tried to, um, I don't want to say they pushed me away from medicine, but they tried to, they tried to tell me that medicine was a difficult path. And that it wasn't what we see in the movies, and like obviously we all watched Grey's Anatomy in high school, <laughs> so we all saw the, the 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 pretty parts of medicine, and so they tried to to show me what medicine was like in real life, and I ended up doing this pros and cons list, and I remember writing in my first uh, point, uh, I get to help people, mm. and that while that is true in medicine. It also comes with a lot of ugly things as well. And you're not spending every single day helping people. There's a lot of paperwork. Um, there's a lot of dirty work. There's a lot of like, uh, there's, there are just a lot of things, a lot of days where you have to remind yourself that you are at the end of the, the day helping these people who are. I forget. Yeah. I'm going to be honest. Yeah. When I'm sitting there studying for hours and hours and hours, I forget like I know it's important to remember what it's all about yeah but I feel like this is something we don't say often enough we're not honest about this you get lost in it yeah yeah sometimes the system kind of also gets you lost in it and like you said a lot of medicine is studying <laughs> it's not actually in the hospital it's yeah. not it's mostly like most of your years and hours are gonna be spent studying yeah even when you're on shift. Mm. Some people are like grabbing their laptops, solving questions, uh, reading their books. Mm. So yeah, you tend to forget. And um, I guess after that, I signed up for medical school. I went to KU Medicine. Uh, shout out to KU Medicine. <laughs> and then um, uh, I guess my parents became supportive as I made my decision and went into medicine anyway, yeah. um, despite their advice, which I think is all, usually the other way around for a lot of people. Like mm. a lot of people I went to university with, their parents uh, talked them into going yeah. to medical school. So I think that was something that gave me more of a drive, mm. that I chose it on my own, despite what the advice people gave me. Mm. And it showed me at the end of the day that it was my decision to go into it. And even in the bad days and in the times, in the more challenging times, mm. I always reminded myself that I did it for myself. Mm. Um, and I think it's something that helped me get through the obstacles more. So that was the beginning of uh, Dr. Zorba. <laughs> and then um, after medical school, I uh, went to, uh, I, I decided to continue residency here. Mm -hmm. And so now I'm in the Kuwaiti Board of Internal Medicine. Mm -hmm. I am in my third year of residency. Mm -hmm. And uh, I guess all of this introduction that I'm giving is a very minute part of my life because I make sure to have a big life outside of medicine. I love that. Yes. 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 Love you, it. You have to keep your life outside of medicine. It keeps feeding yourself and feeding your soul, uh, keeping your cup full will help you give when you are at work as well. Or so else. do things outside of medicine, like projects, things that are not necessarily medicine related. A hundred percent. So if you were to start a podcast, would you make it medical related? <laughs> 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 I guess I guess people do need I'm to hear. I got this work-life balance thing. <laughs> I guess people do need to hear about what happens in hospitals because a lot of my friends will ask me. A lot of my friends are not in medicine, and a mm. lot of them were, will ask me questions and want to know what happens and yeah, stories, and they don't know much of what what really happens in the mm. hospital. So it's nice to be transparent about it, yeah. especially since I feel like I'm very proud of your podcast, and I really Thank enjoy you. watching it because I feel like. Every time I do, um, the people you're interviewing, along with yourself, are being very transparent. 
Yeah, we've been honestly the guests who have come on. They're 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 pouring their heart out and their soul, and I really appreciate that. Yeah, and I've been and I followed and have been supporting your podcast from day one because um, because of how uh, I felt like how um, um, I want to say uh, it. Nothing feels rehearsed. It, you know what I mean? It really isn't. Exactly. <laughs> it really isn't. And you just want to hear something real. Yeah. So yeah. I actually like shout out to the Doctors Brew, you guys. I really appreciate yeah. that. Thank really you. good coffee as well. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, can I just say calf? Like, I was really surprised because calf is usually my like sweet tooth coffee. Oh. With, because of, you know, the ice cream. Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. Bess, um, thank you so much for that. Um, now... I want to ask since you're you're for me you're in my head synonymous with volunteering mm-hmm. in medicine. Seriously, that's uh, nice. Uh, I'm glad uh, I've come to that. <laughs> really, honestly, and uh, you should be so proud. You should be so Thank proud because so what a great thing to be associated with. You yeah. know, like. Good people points. You know, good yeah. person points for you. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, when you went into your med school uh, interview, when they asked you asked you because I'm sure they asked you. Why did you want to go into medicine? What did you tell them? That's uh, a very good question. We actually don't have interviews in Kuwait University. I don't know if you know that. We have an exam. <laughs> we have an exam. <laughs> we should have Wait, an interview. What? Yeah, <laughs> we don't. I was so proud of that question. <laughs> okay. We don't. We have an exam. <laughs> okay. Um, but we have uh, we ha- we had interviews for our residency program. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess, uh, did you ask me what, why, why I went into medicine when they asked me why I went into medicine? Yeah, yeah. Um, when I'm asked that question in general, mm. by my professors, by, but like when I, when they asked me why I went into internal medicine and things like that, you have to give them a little bit of what they want to hear just for the interview. Mm. But in reality, my true answer was always that I really, really, really find my place in helping people. As much as I do really like benefiting people, I also just feel a, a huge sense of belonging mm. with the people who I volunteer with as well. Okay. Like, I always feel, it's honestly a sense of belonging. No matter where you are, I volunteered all over the world. Mm. I do not limit myself to volunteering, volunteering in Kuwait. Partly also, I guess, um, there aren't many opportunities here for volunteering, I think. That's something actually I want to get into. Yeah, in a compared bit. to other yeah, places. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But like, no matter where I am in the world, mm. I will feel a huge sense of belonging with the group that I'm, that I'm a part of and yeah. I'm volunteering with, which is, I think, just so beautiful. Uh, you feel more like a global citizen. It truly, know? like yeah. um, some of my most formative experiences in my life came from in high school doing volunteering trips. I went to uh, Vietnam and Nepal, mm. and they were, I, I, I'd say, formative things that really molded my worldview. Yeah. Uh, I, I think it's something that yeah, need, we need to have more of. It changes you. It changes you. Yeah, it does. I remember the first, when I was in Nepal, uh, I saw, I saw some, uh, we were on, uh, we were going to, I forgot what, um, someone was giving us a presentation about some local uh, sustainable efforts mm-hmm. and I saw some kids rummaging through the trash mm-hmm. for food and I I got so heartbroken mm. and I made it checked for me my privilege in life and I think it's something that I feel everybody should should have especially in Kuwait where 
on average, not everybody, that's not fair to say, but on average, especially the Kuwaiti population, we're quite blessed. Yeah, we are. Alhamdulillah, yeah, we are. But like a lot of people, I guess, here as well, because there are not many opportunities. Mm-hmm. I'm very I'm very proud of uh, Kuwait for being like a very giving society. It is, yeah. I think they're very giving. And they volunteer, they do volunteer their money a lot of times and mm-hmm. incentives. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, that's, and that's very beautiful. Mm-hmm. I think anyone who does have the uh, capability and the time to actually volunteer themselves, mm-hmm. Uh, I think that experience is just something that I wouldn't trade for the world. Yeah. It really does shape your personality in a way that um, when you meet someone else who does it as well, you mm. just feel an instant connection as well. Um, uh, just in the way that you start to view the world, mm. it's just very, very different than like my personality before I started volunteering and my personality after. Really? Yeah. I think my view on the world, my view on myself, and um, just borders as well, you know? It's just, it gets so deep very fast. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it it really does, uh, at least for me, I felt like it does kind of destroy the I, the us versus, versus them mentality yes, we yeah. have. We're all human beings. The you, skin color, race, language, everything just melts away because you just, uh, you're all you care about, and that's that's one of the things I like about medicine. Um, is patient comes in, they're patient. They're not, they're not male, female, this race, that race. They're that patient. Um, although, if we want to get political, sometimes uh, all over the world, there's political things that happen that kind of impair medicine. What and the kind of the efforts we try to do to be equal. And to and like we st- we still try to like ignore those efforts and we like do our give best. yeah and really give our do. best care yeah. I don't. I think that's one thing people, maybe from the public, uh, don't understand from us. We try our best. We're not perfect because, I mean, for example, um, a lot of studies have shown, and uh, I believe in the UK or the US, systematically, uh, people from minority races receive poor quality healthcare. Right. But I will say that that is a problem, and. What I appreciate is, for example, in med school, for like uh, in Manchester, they were st- they were teaching us saying, "This is an issue, and it's something you need to work on, and it's something that we're trying to be better at, mm-hmm. and we're learning." Yeah. Um, sorry, we got deep there, yeah. <laughs> veered off. <laughs> but so, how did you get into volunteering? Okay, so um, I don't even remember what what started uh, everything, just because it was such a long time ago. I've been uh, volunteering since since I was in school. Like and high school? Yeah, okay, since okay. I was like in high school. Very cool. And um, I would just take any opportunity mm. to volunteer. Mm. I was also a part of the IB program in my school. And so we had uh, hours that we had to do. Mm. That's what opened my eyes on the on the volunteering opportunities in Kuwait, yes. which I thought didn't exist. Mm-hmm. But for example, there is a uh, there is an organization called CATCH. And it's a Kuwait uh, association for care of children in hospitals. Oh. Yeah, and I did so. I did that in high school. Wait, wait oh, that was, yes. When, yeah. they, when they opened uh, Beit Abdullah. Right. It was also Beit Abdullah, yes. and then you they I took went to that. Okay. Yeah, they yeah, took yeah. like student groups that wanted to volunteer in yeah. Razi as well, and like different hospitals where literally all you did. It's actually fun. Like mm. all you, if you if you like to play with kids, that's mm. what we did. We sat there. We, we like, 
Uh, for example, I volunteered at NBK, which is the Children's Cancer Hospital as well. Okay. And what we did was we would sit in the game room and any of the patients who walked in, we would play with them. We'd play PlayStation with them. We'd color with them. Mm-hmm. And basically, you're volunteering to draw a smile on their face. That's it. What if someone... Okay, one question. They I've will not remember had. your name. No one will... No. Yeah, no one will... Yeah, Years down the line, they'll probably remember, oh, there were volunteers that used to come and play with me. Yeah. But if the, they remember anything at all. But the effect all. is what's more important. Exactly. You're making their, their, their treatment in any way that you can mm. a little more, a little better. What would you say to people that ask, what if I don't have the stomach for it? Like, I, I mean, one thing that always... For me, especially in high school, because I had those opportunities to go to cancer hospitals, for example. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But for me, I felt like that was I, that was too much on me. Okay. I couldn't. I could. That is something I can't. Uh, I couldn't deal with. Yeah. You know, looking back, do I would I say that's a good no? Like I feel like no, you should still go and try to expose. But what would you? Uh, you know. Honestly, I would say that when you volunteer mm-hmm. any for to for anything and and anywhere. Mm-hmm. Volunteering is something that's, first of all, by definition, mm-hmm. 100% optional, 100% uh, 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 willf- like willful, like mm-hmm. by you. Mm-hmm. It should not be forced upon you. There shouldn't be even like an incentive. Mm-hmm. Like if you volunteer at the end of the course, we'll give you credits. Like there sh- that defies the purpose mm-hmm. of volunteering. You're, you're touching on something yeah, interesting. Yeah, it defies okay. the purpose. It should come from deep inside of you. So... Uh, and also, people, um, they sympathize or empathize with different causes. Mm-hmm. So if someone wants to empathize with cancer patients because mm-hmm. uh, someone in their family had cancer, mm-hmm. and it's just a very close cause to, to their heart, yeah. that's totally understandable and that's totally fine. Yeah. People will always pick the cause that's closer to their heart. Yeah, and, and obviously something that they can, like you said, stomach or something that they can handle mm-hmm. because... You want to go there and put a smile on their face. You don't want to go there and be like bothered or like for it to show somehow on your yeah. face. And it's that's human. Mm-hmm. That's it's bound to happen if that's how you feel. There's always other opportunities. When I was in school, other than other than um, the cancer hospitals and working with kids, I also did Go Green, which is a uh, like an environmental group, mm-hmm. and we were just trying to spread awareness about yeah. recycling and about things like that. So I did a lot of different things. I also when I was in the States for like a couple of summers and people would people would actually like in my family would actually laugh at me because I would go to the States and family friends and stuff. Mm-hmm. I would go to the States and it was my time off from university mm-hmm. and they would say, Do you really want to come here and volunteer? <laughs> like is that what you want to do yeah. with your summer vacation? Yeah. And in my head I was just so excited and I was like Finger cro- fingers crossed, they accept me mm. to volunteer. Mm. And so um, I did some time there in uh, hospitals as well. And it was more like going to the ER, putting the right um, triage uh, bracelet on yeah. a patient's hand based on the severity of their illness. Mm. So it was just like things that I felt like I could learn from. Mm-hmm. And I enjoyed, I think I enjoyed giving my time mm. to something that I felt like was bigger than all of us. I, and I think honestly, it makes you a better doctor. Thank you. It really I, does. I I do think so too. I think yeah. I think it does make you a better doctor. Uh, especially when you like I I'd say for me the um, my understanding of the opioid issue and like the opioid crisis um, uh, at least in the states 
one thing that made me really understand it was when I did I went in the in the summer in LA I went and volunteered at a at a homeless shelter. Oh. Uh, and uh, no, sorry, not a homeless. It wasn't a shelter. It was. Um, I'm trying to think. Uh, I don't want to say the term soup ki- kitchen. Oh, I know what you mean. Yeah. Like a like a place where they come and they have a meal, right? Yeah, yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, and I was chatting with one of the, the the people who came through, and he was saying how uh, yeah he had a job he was a, he had a family a house and everything was very normal for him but he had some sort of an accident, and then he got and because of the pain from his back injury, he had to turn to he had to he prescribed opioids, and then from there it spiraled for sure. into I think uh, heroin. Mm. And that, that, that was a frame shift for me because he was this guy who was a normal, he was just a patient. Mm. And look how a, a, a single prescription, what it did for the rest of his right. life. And I don't forget that whenever we're prescribing. Yeah, yeah. see that, like that, that does make you a better doctor with prescriptions and stuff. When, mm-hmm. you're, uh, when, you have, when you have exposure to people like other people would view as, oh, those people are just drug addicts. Yeah, yeah. But you know that some of the cases were actually like, doctor induced you know what i mean absolutely yeah so it makes you as a doctor just more careful prescribing and maybe maybe even more careful with Mm follow-ups yeah absolutely because you know the value you've seen it you've worked with it right Right. Uh, from volunteering have you had any any sort of moments that really stuck out as like Mm. big for you i had i have uh, some moments that stuck out as big for me in good ways and in bad ways yeah like um i would say maybe in good ways i recently went on a volunteer trip with Mm. a group called sahabat amal so shout out to sahabat amal as Uh, well i saw on your instagram yeah yeah i went with them to sri lanka and we were uh basically the volunteer work we did there was not only medical, which I enjoy, by the way. I like to, I feel very blessed, alhamdulillah, to be a doctor at this point. Mm -hmm. And uh, to be a doctor who's even like progressing in her career to the point that I can by myself sit in a clinic and know what to give, uh, like know how to diagnose, know what to give every person as medications and stuff. Right. That uh, like not all volunteers can do that. Yes. You know, that's like, yeah, it's like it's a a skill, like you Mm -hmm. said. So um, so I feel very blessed Mm -hmm. to be able to give in this way after I've been giving in like so many just like average uh, any layman way before which yeah. is also very important yeah, yeah. but I feel I do feel very blessed for that but uh, so when we went to Sri Lanka we did both so some of our visits were just to elders homes where we went to an elder home and we were giving um, uh, just things that they might need mm-hmm. and I think something that stu- stuck out to me is there was a lady it's just so 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 nice and very very sweet that we're trying to give to these people but they're actually trying to give back to us. It's so crazy. And they have nothing. They have nothing. So what this lady was like telling us is, would you guys like, would you guys like me to sing to you? Really? Yeah. This really, like this um, over 70 year old lady was like, would you guys like me to sing to you? And we were like, of course. And she was, (laughs) she put a smile on all our faces. So, and we went to this other very, very, she was, uh, I couldn't understand what she was saying, but she was a good singer. That's amazing. That's so cool. That's really cool. Okay. And like her energy was just contagious, to be honest. (laughs) We went to this other like small village as well and Mm. very, very poor village. When Mm. we walk in, 
they give us all coconuts with like and fl- coconuts to drink like coconut yeah, water yeah. and like flower necklaces mm. i just feel like it i just felt like wow we're coming to a place to give them help yeah and they're trying their best to give us something in any way uh, it's just so beautiful to see that people who ha- who have almost nothing are just trying so hard to to give us something yeah. as well and like spread the joy I had a similar experience in Vietnam because when we finished volunteering, we were building a house. They gave us bananas that they grew. That's that's so beautiful. Uh, it, it, the exact same feeling of there's not much to give yes. yet you're opening. Yes. Wow. I think another beautiful moment, let's say about like the Sri Lanka trip was the last trip I went to, so it's very fresh in my uh, my head. Yeah. But this girl also at a school I went to. So we were teaching the students um, in, we went to each class. Mm-hmm. That day was actually very tiring. Mm-hmm. We went into every single class and we taught them basic skills. Like for example, if someone was choking, mm. um, if, you, if someone has a burn, how do you treat the burn like immediately? Um, so this one girl came up to me and she was like, you know, uh, Dr. Yasmin, uh, today is the best day of my life. And I was like, what? And she was like, because you guys came and visited our school. This is the best day of my life. Yeah. And I was so touched wow. by how uh, how much they enjoyed yeah. seeing us. And um, like how much they enjoyed just the class, you know, that's, that maybe if it was taught somewhere very privileged, yeah. they would try to get out of it, yeah. you know, <laughs> they try to skip it maybe. Yeah, yeah. I think we take a lot of things for granted. Yeah. And when I come back from all of these uh, volunteering trips, that's how I, I begin to appreciate things all over again and even more. Yeah. It's, it's a nice reminder. I, would, I just wanted to share one more thing as well. We went to a women's shelter in the States. Oh, yeah, okay. So obviously everywhere you volunteer is going to be very different. Of course. In Kuwait, in the States, in uh, third, more third world countries. Mm-hmm. In the States, I went to a women's shelter and it's the first time that I knew that these shelters exist. Mm-hmm. And what happens there is basically when someone ha- uh, complains of domestic abuse, mm-hmm. they can um, they can go to this it's shelter. It's a safe place for them to go to. Free of charge. Um that's the, amazing. No one, I, and I, and what's funny to me is when I came came back here and told my friends, no one knew that this place existed either. Yeah. yeah. And uh, they're not allowed. So the women who are inside, when someone comes from the outside and asks about them, they're not allowed. They're not at liberty to say who is inside. They're like, we cannot uh, confirm or nor deny that this person is here, mm. and it's just to give them a, a safe, safe place, place, like you said. Yeah, yeah. This helped me work wise because I now like. Because I worked with all these women, I will now like just keep it in my head that maybe the people coming in the hospital, like I'll ask about domestic abuse. I'll close the curtain, mm-hmm. I'll kick everyone out, and I will ask the lady who I, if I suspect it, mm-hmm. and I will tell her like you should do something about it. Do you mind if I ask what? Because I've wondered in in the UK there were very clear pathways that we had to follow. Uh, what what are the pathways or like what's your approach here in Kuwait? Okay, so you know? so from what I understood from yeah, asking yeah. about it here as well is that we don't have a very clear pathway. Mm-hmm. The woman has to want to complain. Okay. So there's no pathway from the doctor's perspective. Yeah, well, a similar thing in the UK. Okay. You you can never. I mean, if someone is victim to something, you can't ever force them. Yeah. You know. But what 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 is for example what would you, what how do you approach them how do you help how do you what do you do as a doctor in Kuwait? 
I will I will try to ask them also because we need to know what caused the the injury as well and because if she gets if she is now in the hospital and she gets a police report yeah. that can help her case. Mm. So I will tell her that and then obviously like you said nothing in medicine or in the hospital as a whole where we are not supposed to be judgmental and we are not supposed to um, be the ones uh, be connected to the law actually like no, no, no. Uh, in any in any judgmental or your action because has a consequence place. it's not our place it's not our place so i'll just i'll i'll recommend it and i'll tell her what her rights are some of them they don't know what their rights are yeah, yeah. so i do think it is my, our role to tell them what their rights are mm. Uh, you know what I mean? Or like tell them how they can get a police report from the hospital. Yeah. And then whatever they decide to do, that that's the thing with all, everything in medicine. It always comes down to we're going to give you the treatment, we're going to give you the options, we're going to give you the information. Whatever you want to do, we will support. Yes. As long as not, you know, unindicated, not indicated or illegal. Yeah, you're like, you're a human being. If I, if I recommend, if you are coming to me with whatever, diabetes, and I recommend all the pills in the world and yeah. you want to leave and take none of it it's up to you yeah yeah and i again i like how this highlights the value of like volunteering and how it, it changes your practice because it's mm-hmm. your practice yes as a doctor mm-hmm. you know uh, it's not just um, residency check right. I did that you know that's really cool uh, but you mentioned that there's some ways that it's not like the bad experiences or you said something like yeah. Yeah. What do you mean? I felt. I just felt like you know how you said uh, sometimes you go places that you can't stomach. Mm-hmm. I felt like I felt like some places I went to did make me very emotional, mm-hmm. and I, I'm alhamdulillah very good at uh, not showing that I do get emo- that I will get emotional. But yeah. at that women's shelter, I did get emotional. It's um, it's like very tragic. It's very a lot of things that you see while volunteering are just very sad to see. Yeah. So. It's definitely not a walk in the park. Mm-mm. Like, I guess when I come back or when I'm talking to people about what I did, it sounds very, like, fancy sometimes. Like, yeah. oh, I went here and I went there and it was nice and it was, and I gained a lot, but I also saw a lot that uh, w- bothers your, your your heart, you know? Yeah, and I, like, I think that's an important disclaimer to make. Yeah, and It's not going to just be... Wow, this is great. It's not for everyone. I will say that. And I will also say that I don't, I will never judge someone who cannot see this stuff or go on one of these like very intense trips or like, um, but I, but I will say that, like I said previously, there is a place for everyone. Mm. So one of the places, for example, that I volunteered at was literally a place called the Boys and Girls Club and it's in the States. Yeah. And what you do is it's, it's like a, uh, like a um, um, a fun place for kids Is to go. Is that the YMCA? It, it's not, but it's very close to that. Oh, okay, okay. It's very close to that. Yeah, yeah. It's basically a place where they go and play. Mm. You walk in and you play with the kids. So you can always volunteer anywhere. You can clean up a beach. Yes, and it's and the Boys and Girls Club is usually in an, a, an underprivileged area. Mm, yeah. okay. So you walk in and you play with the kids. Yeah, you can clean the beach. There's, um, there's always something you can, can do give iftar back, yeah. sa'im in Kuwait yeah, so yeah. there are things um, available here as well mm-hmm, mm-hmm. like um, I, I can talk a bit about that if you want I, uh, I'd love to hear because so for me I when I came back to Kuwait I was looking for volunteering opportunities yeah. and I realized something where are they, where are they? <laughs> 
Why is there anyone talking? Oh, sorry. Yeah. Why is there anyone talking about them? In Kuwait. Like, yeah. I, okay, yes, maybe we can go on a trip to this or that. Fine. But I'm talking about within Kuwait, it is impossible that there's not a need. And this is, this is something I find interesting. Isn't it true in Kuwait that there's volunteering with... I don't know which which organization I think I'm getting them confused in my head but you can work in like a Jamia or McDonald's or right actually I'm I'm not sure about that but I did hear recently this yeah. is a recent thing right okay. yeah I recently heard something uh, along those lines but there are also rules to but that what I mean there is like are that's, rules. that's not necessarily like doing a job yeah is like a but I don't know if they volunteer or if they get paid just a small amount I'm not sure I think they do get paid uh, okay cool because yeah. what I was wondering was okay what about volunteering in the traditional sense of like just pure altruism for something in need that is lacking in re- because that's what volunteering is you know, it's so in Kuwait, I've begun to notice that it's not like that. You know, I'm not from the States. And every time I go, I can literally look online, like for volunteering yeah, opportunities. Yeah, yeah. I don't know anyone who does it. I will join the group that I sign up with online. Yeah. It's so easy and accessible. In the UK as well, when I was, I, I looked at opportunities, I was just like... Literally, you send them an email. Sometimes you need to explain who you are and stuff. And it's just like so easy to get into. Um and you like meet the best people obviously mm. here here in Kuwait uh what you need to do is it's word, more word of mouth you need to ask yeah. around and you need to ask people who do it so a lot of people do ask me like um oh what group is this who did you go with how can i get into it mm. um I'd love to do this. Can I sign up with you next time? Can you let me know? And sometimes, honestly, it's a bit overwhelming as well because I feel like I can't remember everyone who asked me. And it's it must be tough also, like, how can I put it? Let's say someone's here for a few months. Yeah. You can't just be the secretary for all volunteering right, and create. Right, right, <laughs> You know? And I honestly sometimes forget who asked me. Mm, yeah. Like, a lot of people, after I post something... A lot of people will go like, oh, where was this? Where'd you go? Can you let me know next time? Yeah. And I'm like, I lost track of well, how many people asked me. Well, things function in Kuwait that way, sadly. So, so I think that we there is a need for like a website mm. uh, of some sort, not just like groups who, who are based off of Instagram. Yeah. Maybe, maybe a website so it would be easy yeah. to access on Google. And um, maybe like a proper sign-up. Mm. But there are groups in Kuwait that do a lot of good work. Mm. Uh, there is uh, so that other than the group that I mentioned, Sahabat Amal, there's another group as well. I can't remember their name to be honest. Uh, but there is one called Zajil. I think Zajil al Khair, mm. something like that. But there are a bunch of groups. Most of their work is during Ramadan, mm. because that's the month of giving in Kuwait. Which is beautiful, but I it mean, is. like also we should be conscious twenty four seven. And like yeah. <laughs> for twenty four seven stuff. What I've what I've noticed and I receive messages about from mm. like m- the people I've met through volunteering and actually um, my my mom as well is very uh, big on like uh, she has a lot of connections to uh, this family is in need mm. that family needs this there are two orphans who need that and so I'll receive a lot of messages from her as well mm. and um, so yeah so I think I get a lot of this also from my parents oh that's amazing yeah, so they it, are, it really came from the house yeah that's I do really think cool. I do think that like definitely my house is is very supportive when mm. it comes to doing any sort of volunteer work and mm. like my mom and my dad uh, will always support me if I say the word I'm going to volunteer it's like an immediate yeah, yes that's amazing go
That's really good. Yeah. I wish, you know what, one form of volunteering I wish would make more of an insurgence back in Kuwait is uh, an, like animal shelters and stuff. I, I'm not sure if Paws is still, I remember Paws was big. I think Paws is still that. running. Really? Because I think they don't have, I think all of the animal shelters in Kuwait don't have like the funds. Yeah, and it's, it's kind of sad to see because I feel like in Kuwait we do have a big issue with animals and animal rights as well. Really, like, you know, the other day I was in Shweikh and then uh, going to um, a cafe. I just walked from my car to the cafe. And a dog comes out and starts barking and it was mm. about to attack me or whatever. Mm. Because it was scared, poor thing, yeah. you know? Because we have that issue in Kuwait. Yeah. And I feel like if more people were involved in volunteering, there would be more sympathy and more movement towards that. Right. Sorry, that was kind of outside of medicine no, right, there. I but agree. <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, just a... Uh, for me I, lo- I love dogs it's so. a part of uh, I, I think it's a part of like uh, just wanting good for not only us uh, like other humans yeah. but like living creatures 100%, in general yeah 100% um, that's uh, that's in contrast to the moth that I had to kill before we recorded this episode <laughs> there was a moth <laughs> flying around the room it was not a moth it was a giant it was a giant moth. It was a plane. It was a giant. It was a plane. It was a moth on steroids. <laughs> Literally. It was huge. You could see its eyes. It was looking at my soul. Anyways. <laughs> um, so I wanted to ask you and get your, your take on the culture of medicine with volunteering. Because one thing, let me disclose this this with why I originally also wanted to hear why you got into medicine. Okay. I... I've always been kind of one thing that I'm I'm I don't, I have mixed feelings about is when you go into an you know like an interview for whatever and everyone knows the cliche answer of oh I want to help people I want to help people I think in medicine we want to help people right yes but in the end it's also like there's this double-edged sword in medicine we see that sometimes like for example in the UK right now you can see that the junior doctors are striking right because they feel like people are making they're abusing their altruism right you know so there's this double-edged sword of i want to help people but i also this is my job that i want to yeah. i want to be paid yeah you know especially since it's not an easy job it's not exactly exactly so what i'm wondering is the culture of medicine a lot of programs want to see you volunteer want to see you volunteer and stuff like that so are they kind of weaponizing like altruism in medicine this is not just from programs i mean but generally us as people do we have in medicine this culture of we're going to abuse the fact that you are altruistic Mm. do you think we have that i feel like in in many programs not just medicine but when i was in high school i just remember everyone trying to prepare for to apply for to different universities all over the world and i remember everyone trying to sign up for any sort of Thing that had the word volunteering in it because mm-hmm. it looks so good on your CV. Right. Um, to that, I would say, like, I don't blame them at all. Even the ones no. who don't want to volunteer at all, they just want to get in. So, and it's kind of like they have to do it. And they're doing something good in the end. So it's like I don't. I, yeah, I don't blame them at the end of the day. I do think that it is a very. If I was a program director and this person had a lot of volunteer work on their CV, I would be impressed. Of course. Do they do they abuse it? I don't know. If I do, th- I do know that it is a necessity. Yeah. Uh, I don't think I don't think they would. I think when it comes to scores and when they narrow it down to two people, if someone had more uh, more of a, a more volunteer work, more mm-hmm. extracurriculars compared to the other one, I definitely think 
the this person would be picked over the other one. But the question is, does that by by definition defeat the purpose? Yeah. Does that make it does that make it seem like Hollow. the person has to has to do it instead of wants to do it. Exactly. Like do we really want people to be volunteering in medicine? because they feel like this is something to check off their box? Or I don't want that. I don't know. I, I personally don't want that. And, mm-hmm. I, and, I, and I wish that, that somehow there was a way to control it or to... Yeah. to but, but the only reason I'm saying this is that sometimes... This is a dark, the dark side of volunteering. Yeah. Okay. But sometimes in the dark side of volunteering, you would be there with a group and it would be so obvious who doesn't want to be there. Yeah. But is there. Yeah. And like, I, I, like how they say in Arabic, mm-hmm. alena. So like they're like, uh, you're five people in this group. Okay. You have this task. And then two of them actually don't want to be there. Right. So you're three people doing the work that five people should be doing yeah or you're one person doing the work that five people should be yeah, doing yeah so that's what i mean that's the problem with sometimes now making this just another thing to check not out. yeah th- and that happens i think in every th- volunteering in everything not just medicine and the yeah. reason is that obviously people are doing it for different reasons mm-hmm. some people are also doing some so like one person's there because her friend is there yeah and another person's there because um it looks good that she's there yeah. so I guess this is something that we can't ever erase because it's the way humans were mm-hmm. uh, like function and are and are wired. Yeah. Um, I do think that maybe uh, talking about it more and 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 the group having a more tedious process of applying okay. to the group yeah. maybe would make it a little better. Mm-hmm. Would maybe take out the people who might not want to. Or like maybe the group reviewing what has happened in that trip mm-hmm. or in that volunteer uh, in that volunteer work day, maybe reviewing and maybe like talking to those people and telling them, listen, like if you don't want to be here. Don't yeah. Because at the end of the day, we're all volunteering our time and effort. Yeah. And uh, for people in medicine specifically, well, we're we're taking official leaves. Mm-hmm. Like I took an official leave. Yeah. Uh, That's, let's let's call it your vacation. <laughs> I took my vacation. Yeah, yeah. So I I literally took the days where I was, I could have been like on a beach somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> to go to go volunteer. Yeah. So, so you you wish and you would want it to be like, a pure volunteer work experience. Yeah. And yeah. I mean. It's a it's a double edged sword, isn't it? Because also I'd say, looking back to when I was like a dumb little high school kid, I'm also appreciative for sometimes being forced into those opportunities to volunteer and whatever because they expanded my. It's kind of like a kid who goes into a class that he doesn't want to go to. Yeah. They still get something out of it. Right. So I feel like I still got you know there there is some benefit to kind of. I never thought forcing. of that, but you're actually very right. I, you I know, guess for some people who would have never thought to join themselves, yeah. it might actually even open a huge new part of their personality. Uh, exactly. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, so I, th- that's why it's kind of weird. But equally, it just, it's kind of, I guess sometimes it's frustrating to, to think, should doctors be, ex- not, not is it good for them to do this? It's good for them to volunteer. Yes. But should it be expected? Should it be expected? In their free time yeah. to be volunteering. Especially when it's medical related. I'm not talking about... I'm really focusing on medical related volunteering yeah. because 
that's similar to what we talked about with you know work-life balance and what yeah and it's like a skilled volunteering that some people really really need mm-hmm. yeah is they have limited free time should a doctor you know they clocked out from the hospital they have two weeks off should they be expected right you need to go back out so you can be um, if it was up to me i would say no mm. the uh, like def- the definition of volunteering is for it to be out of free will yeah so i would say no one should be expected to volunteer mm. and part of the reason why i do volunteer is that i know i'm not expected to, mm. i'm not expected to volunteer and people like at this point in my life and at this point in my career mm-hmm. most most people around me don't mm. and uh, and there is no expectations for me to volunteer to the point that when i took take my leaves to volunteer mm. they're in shock Mm. that I took it to go volunteer somewhere uh, because they think in their head okay so you're taking days off to go work just mm. somewhere else and uh, and this level of shock is showing me that they're not expecting this of me well what I wonder is maybe if it's considered if really the medical institutions value that we volunteer I, I hope so and I, th- I hope that they va- start to value it more mm. because I do feel like for example, I do feel like if you're going to do, for example, if you're like an orthopedic surgeon and you're mm-hmm. going to do some, uh, like you're going on a trip to Kenya to do some operations that are not available over there yeah. and you bring all your equipment and stuff, then should that be taken from the doctor's vacation days? That's what, you know, like, I, that's what I'm also wondering is what if, you know, maybe institutions create spaces to help. So like, for example, like in high school, okay. Um, if you were to go on, a, like when I went on our volunteering trips, those were coordinated with the school yeah. and they were excused absences. Right. They, they didn't say that I ditched a whole week of school. Yes, yes. My test got moved according to that, blah, 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 blah. So what if similar things can be made, you know? But I feel like if they did do that, a lot of a lot more people would volunteer. Which would be a great thing. It would be really? a very great thing. I feel like if they uh, encouraged it mm. and they gave them, like you said, it's hard to find volunteering opportunity in Kuwait. Mm. So if they gave them uh, the pathways and the ways to find volunteering opportunities, whether it be here or abroad, mm-hmm. and they gave them this protected week where they could go do that, mm-hmm. I definitely think more people would because it is hard to go out of your way to find really to find this stuff, to book your own tickets, to book your own hotels and find out how you're going to be transported to the mm-hmm. different places. Um, it's a lot more effort. And let's not forget that a lot of our vacation times as doctors and training, you know, like um, non-consultants. Yeah. They're on tests. They're yeah. on exams. Yeah. I, that's one thing for members of the public yes. that I think they don't appreciate is that when we take vacation, we're like, oh, vacation time so I can study 12 hours a day instead of just six. <laughs> right. And you're thinking, <laughs> oh, I can't take time off in the summer because I have an exam in August and I need to take a week before my exam mm-hmm. because I need to study. Yeah. Because I can't study if I'm working and doing on calls. Yeah, that's you that's not study with on calls. Yeah, zero, not possible. Yeah, that's one hundred percent true. Yeah, Uh, so maybe the issue with volunteering in medicine doesn't lie on kind of programs expecting it for people to get accepted, but maybe the issue is for you know employers, medical schools, whatever, to create more space for us to take those opportunities. I would love that. Yeah. That would actually make me very, very happy. And, and I think, you know what, we, as we were talking about with um, 
uh, your practice, it might make, not might, pretty sure it would make better doctors. I'm pretty sure it would. Yeah. I would love to see, and my coworkers, when I come back, are mm-hmm. very excited about for me to tell them stories of what I did yeah. and where I went. They'd want to see pictures and videos. So I know, I know that, like, like you said, the type of person who wants to become a doctor mm-hmm. is someone who wants to help. So I know that they all have it in them and that they just want an opportunity that's in an, 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 an easier way, yeah. like, a, like an easier pathway to doing that it. That doesn't uh, totally, let's say, up uh, like just flip their life. Yeah, and take away from their freedom. Yeah, yeah Because I equally, agree. like, let's say someone, I'll be honest, someone comes to me who's a, a fellow trainee and says, I, ho- I have only a week of vacation because the rest of the time I use it for exams. Mm-hmm. And they told me that I, I don't know should I go on this volunteering trip or should I you know sit and relax for a bit I'll be like bro relax <laughs> yeah you know like you need it for because when you come back from one of these trips you're 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 tired yeah, yeah, like yeah. you're exhausted because you're out yeah. from the morning like early morning uh, you have to do a lot of preparation yeah. and um, also a lot of like li- like a late like ma- man labor like carrying stuff mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and um, it's really not in any way luxurious, I would want to say. <laughs> like, when I came back, a lot of people asked me, oh, do you, do you think, based on my personality, that I would want to be there? And I was like, I would love for you what? to be okay. <laughs> yeah, I would love for you to be okay with being there. Mm-hmm. But if you're going to volunteer in a third world country, don't expect luxury. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Don't expect that you would be staying at a resort. Yeah. You know what I mean? And like... I'm sorry, but you're going to see insects. You know what I mean? <laughs> I feel like that was a dig at me and the moth. Okay? I do not like insects. <laughs> you're going to see insects. You're going to see stuff. And you yeah. just kind of like have to pretend you don't see them. And you're going to have to keep working. And like... Um, and it is very, very rewarding. Yeah. It's very rewarding. Um, when I... Wh- I'm, I'm 100%... Like, I'm, I 100% know that I really love to volunteer mm. because I actually don't even post all of the times I volunteer. Yeah. Like, I will post a big trip. And when I post, sometimes it's more of like an appreci- appreciation for the group mm. that I volunteered with. Uh, like a shout out to yeah. them. I feel the need to recognize them. Sometimes I want other people from the public to know that they exist. Yeah. But like I vo- I volunteered many times this year that I didn't even post about. It's you know I really do. There is a fine line because yeah. there are people and I've seen it. There are people who do volunteering, blah, 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 just for the likes. So sometimes in my head, when I come home, like especially during Ramadan, mm-hmm. when I come home from like a volunteer activity, I'm like, I have the photos. Yeah. Should I post something? But there's also there's, there's the other side of it, which is look at me, for example. I see your Instagram. I go, oh, wow, she's right. really involved. Right. So if I want to go volunteer, I know where I, I can. Oh, look, you tagged this account. Let me click on that. Let, right. You know? And like, so that's why sometimes I'm, I, I convince myself, my first instinct is don't post mm. to myself. That's, uh, yeah, okay. That's my first instinct is Yasmin, don't post. Mm. And then, so when I was in Sri Lanka, I didn't even post one photo. Mm. I posted when I came back. Mm. Because first of all, I'm very involved in what I'm doing. Yeah. And if someone takes a picture of me, it's usually someone who took a picture of me. Yeah. Like, for example, uh, a media guy who's with us on the trip. Or um, so it wasn't you sometimes there is, like <laughs> yeah. Sometimes there are people with us, yeah. and then or sometimes if I'm doing something in Kuwait, yeah, it's someone who was taking a photo because 
further on like because of uh so people can know about this group and mm-hmm. sign up with this group but like i always my immediate response is i don't f- it just feels wrong to like post that i'm helping people but like also and then after when i come when i finish sometimes mm-hmm. i feel like there's nothing wrong with it i will introduce people to this group i will show people that this can be mm-hmm. done and i also will share what I think in my life was a beautiful experience. That's what I was going to say is, is there also like, it's isn't it also not fair to say, you know what? I felt good. Yeah. Why is it I'm allowed to take a photo of my burger? You're right. But I'm proud of this. If, if, if anything, I would argue that I would rather people show off volunteering than show off their cars. <laughs> Why is it more socially acceptable to be like, oh, look at the car I just bought. Yeah. But it's not socially acceptable to show off look at the people i helped i totally agree i think Mm. i think it's something you think twice about if you are the type to who like has a very uh like a a very awake conscious i would Mm -hmm. say Mm. so i think you would think twice about it but like yeah i do think it is people will talk someone people will talk and if you know why you're doing something and if you know your your very pure intentions then you it shouldn't it shouldn't bother you sometimes we have to remind ourselves uh that to, that that you're doing it from the heart and so you don't care what anyone else is going to say or comment because about it's for this. you yeah and surprisingly well i don't know i was surprised i got so much support when i decided to post about something mm. so i guess maybe sometimes it's in your head no truly like i i cannot stress stress this enough i love what you're doing because you're you're really educating people about this thank you so much truly because i i I, like right now i'm off the top of my head i want to there's a million doctor accounts out there you know Um, we all know this in kuwait you know uh we all know that everyone uh, wants you know as a doctor and I ho- and sometimes people of the public think that it's because we're egomaniacs, which maybe we, maybe we are. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> maybe some of us are. <laughs> maybe, but it's it's also because being a doctor is a very public role. You're involved with people, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but I think finding a unique edge is difficult, mm. and I think you found an edge that is not only that it's it's unique. But it's beneficial. I think it's funny that that you say I found an edge because I feel like I just um, I feel like I revealed an edge that I always had. Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like I've always I've done so much in the past that no one knows about. Mm. It's on my CV, mm. but like none none of my friends um, because when I did it, I did not have this account. Mm-hmm. I had my private account that I did not post what I did on. So no one knows about like all of the stuff I did, uh, all of the trips I did, all mm. of the stuff I did in the States, in Kuwait, in other countries. And it's because I didn't talk about it. Yeah. And right now with like all of the support I'm getting, I do feel more confident like talking about it and teaching people where to go and how to go. And I have some of my friends actually who who uh, signed up for like future You're a trips. Resource. You are a resource. Yeah, I'm. You know? I'm. Ha- I'm happy that you see it that way. Truly, I am. <laughs> truly, and um, I hope more people, you know, uh, follow in your footsteps and what they're doing because, like, I think us as, uh, especially as doctors, we, we get sucked up in the medicine side for sure, 
Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> For sure. There's other stuff going yeah. on. And if you kind of just shine a little bit of a light on it, it'll be interesting, you know? Mm. Like, I'm obsessed with talking. So, like, that's why I did a podcast. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Sorry. Appropriate. I got to make fun of myself a little bit there. Um, yeah no uh, really thank you for what you're doing thank you so much Uh, and uh, I appreciate it the last thing that uh, just to wrap up this episode if you we I always love to ask this question because the whole point of the doctor's brew is been for people who don't have doctors in their lives you maybe want to pursue a a career medicine uh, Mike I've always asked this question is you have a cousin who is about to go to med school, about to, you know, maybe graduate med school, and you want to advise them mm-hmm. on your uh, on volunteering in medicine. What 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 would what speech would you give give them? What would you tell them to do? Uh, do I want to advise them on whether or not like they should go into medicine or like No, about volunteering about in volunteering medicine. In yeah, medicine. specifically about that. Like um, let's say I don't know. I'm I'm 14 right. Now. Uh, sorry, I'm 18. 18. Yeah, I forgot. Right. <laughs> Imagine 15 years old in med school. Um, 18's even a little young. <laughs> right. Oh, oof. that's a whole other thing. Okay, so I'm 18 and I'm about to go to med school, mm-hmm. and uh, I'm like, oh god, I don't know. Like all, you know, we. I need, I feel like I have to volunteer to get into med school. Mm-hmm. And wh- I don't know. What do I do here in Kuwait? There's no opportunity. Blah, blah, blah. What what's, what would you tell me? Um. I feel like I would definitely advise them about like some groups that they can volunteer with. Okay. I would also tell them that if they are the type of person who wants to volunteer from the heart, mm-hmm. not just to get in, mm-hmm. that they're in the right field Okay. in general. I do believe that doctors, although not all doctors are, that doctors should be uh, altruistic, I, that doctors should be uh, wanting to do good behind the curtains mm-hmm. without the show, without mm-hmm. the fame. And if they, if I see that in a doctor at the end of the day, I don't, uh, I don't care about their scores. <laughs> I don't care about their. I don't care about like how many hours they study a day. As long as they are competent, yeah. As long as they are competent and safe, and 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 safe doctors, mm-hmm. and they have this little thing in their heart that will always remind them to help people. I would much prefer this doctor over any other Nobel Prize winning. Yeah, um, absolutely. Yeah, like a um, hundred research uh, publications. Yeah. You know, I because would definitely. Because they're caring for us. So I would you know? tell anyone who goes into medicine, uh, go into it for the right reasons. Mm-hmm. And I would tell someone who wants to volunteer in medicine that they don't even have to volunteer just in medicine. Just volunteer in general. Give your time. Or your, give your time, give your efforts, um, give your, honestly, like you can also give incentives and money to just people and, and organizations that are helping the under, un, underprivileged. Mm. And I just think that what, what they will gain from this is way more than they think. Not only will they gain a new skill set based on where they volunteer mm. that will help them in their careers in the long term and might even help them in their personal lives they'll gain a, a, a new skill set. Mm-hmm. They'll gain um, different ways of thinking. And they will gain a support system also from the people who work with them. The best people I've met. You're going to meet like-minded people. The best are, people I've met, mm, honestly. That's great. The nicest people, um, just people who just want to do good for mm. no reason. They, they don't want... You, you ask them what their name is, they, like, they just say their first name. Like, mm-hmm. no one cares where you're from. No one cares who you are. 
you're a human being. Uh, no one cares where. No one cares what country you come from. Yeah. You feel. You really do feel like you're a global citizen. So they'll also st- start to feel a sense of belonging in a bigger group. Mm. They'll they'll zoom out and see the world for for what it really is. We're just all trying to get through whatever this is together. Yeah, and we're all yeah. confused. <laughs> All confused. And we're all trying to heal each other. That's why medicine is there. No matter how old we are, yeah. <laughs> we're all confused. And, um, but we're in this together. We're in this together. Otherwise, you know what? Medicine would have existed because we'd just be like, right, you're sick. Yes. Okay. So so honestly, <laughs> I would tell the 18-year-old kid who's, and I would say kid because kid. Cause I'm still a kid. <laughs> uh, there's a song by Blink-182, um, What's My Age Again? Oh, it's my age again. And it, it, he, it, the entire, the entire message of the whole song is, I never want to act my age. And you know what? Yeah, I want to be a kid still. Keep me a kid. Yeah. It, there's a spirit to it that there's a the childlike energy is a beautiful thing that we should tap into more as boring adults. Right. <laughs> and my birthday is actually tomorrow, so I just want to put that out there. And uh, <laughs> you're and you're turning uh, sixteen. And I'm turning sixteen. Sixteen. <laughs> <laughs> Good answer. <laughs> and uh, so, yeah, I would tell them to go for it. Volunteer mm. in any field that they want to volunteer in. Mm. And they will find their way. And if it's not for them, no shame in that. It's not for them. That's awesome. I like that also because sometimes yeah. you also don't want to feel like someone is trying to flex on you. Like No, it's not for you know? everyone. No. It's not for everyone. As long as they enjoy I don't, Honestly, if they're not enjoying what they're doing, they don't have to do it. Yeah. As long as you're enjoying what you're doing... Do that. Yeah. You yeah. can always help in other ways. There's and there are other people helping. Yeah. So it's not something that every single person in the world has to do. Mm. Mm. I love that. Yeah. Well, I think that's a good place uh, uh, for to wrap up the episode. Um, this was an amazing episode. I, I really, really enjoyed it. Thank you, really. <laughs> and uh, again, thank you for spreading this message. Um, th- I I really hope someone out there is watching and take something away from this and uh, whatever it is even if it's one person who just decides to go on your instagram and and click now and say oh i can volunteer with this organization that's a win in my book so uh, thank you for having me on the show and thank you for reaching out i really enjoyed it i really support your show and i really hope like i think if any of my followers are watching this you guys should follow the doctor's rule and um and I, I'm, I just like, I just want to say that I really, I really, really appreciate what you're doing. Thank you. Uh, th- honestly, whenever people send us messages of appreciation, whatever, the, our response is the same because it's true. That's what keeps us going. You know, we, uh, you know, the, it, really. So thank you. Thank you so much. Uh, so uh, last final shout out. Please follow uh, Dr. Zerba on her Instagram. Uh, to keep up with all of what she's doing and also see how you can volunteer. That's number one. Number two, shout out to our partners, uh, <laughs> Dream Med. Uh, seriously, support local guys, support local. Um, they're, uh, they're a great brand. Their scrubs are super comfortable. And again, uh, we'll flash this discount code again here um, because uh, really it's, it's been great working with them. Their team is super nice. Um, and uh, definitely you're going to see me talking more about them in the coming episodes and again a special shout out to CAF 
Yeah, really good. Yeah, the coffee was really and good. this cute little sticker. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so uh, that's the last sip of uh, coffee for the day. A final special thank you to our guest, and uh, we'll see you next time, guys. Thank you so much. Awesome. See you guys next time. <laughs> Take care. Hope you all enjoyed this episode of the Doctor's Brew. New episodes to listen to with a cup of coffee coming your way every Sunday on YouTube and Spotify. And be sure to follow us on Instagram for all the latest updates. See you next time.